so are there any Lenten practices that you anticipate incorporating into your Lenten observance this year or any in the past that you recall that were meaningful at the time? Does abstaining from Lent itself count? Mm, you're so subversive. I try. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to, like, I'm still on a level where I'm, we're still like trying to survive, right? And grasp. Like, I was just thinking so, that. Facts. Yeah. Like, we don't I'm, need one more thing. I don't need one more thing. Welcome to episode 223 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft fruit pint, a fine wine, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Ogan Holder, Shannon Weston, and yours truly, Reverend Brian Burkhoff, will address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with, yes, a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be served in your very own Pub Theology Live pint class. If you are watching us on Facebook, you can see this piece of masterful craftsmanship. Uh, you can get one of these if you become a patron. Support us on patreon.com slash ptlive. You'll get one of these pint glasses and you get access to some bonus content and conversation only for Patreon subscribers. And we thank our current subscribers and supporters. We love you. We raise a glass to you. Patreon.com slash PTLive. This week we talk about Fat Tuesday, Ash Wednesday, Lent, and Ukraine. So I'm going to start with what we're drinking because one, I never do. And two, I'm very boring again this week because I'm going to work out afterwards in which I am drinking the lovely tap water. Ooh. Ooh. Baltimore's finest. Baltimore Baltimore City's finest. On the rocks. Probably is. <laughs> Actually, the best thing Baltimore City does. <laughs> we hear you. We hear you. What are you drinking, Brian? Are, am I on my own again this week? Or are you... Uh... I, what you got going on? This week, I am drinking a five o'clock whistle Vienna IPA from Big Heart Brewing in Hart, Michigan. Welcome back, my friend. Hey. Welcome back. And it's not, I think you might like this one, both of you, uh, because it's a little yeah. maltier IPA, closer to the amber, amber spectrum than many American IPAs. You know, you tell me I might like an IPA is my daughter keeps telling me I might like Brussels sprouts. If they're prepared this way, not going to happen. <laughs> I've tried Brussels sprouts every way. I don't like them. Yeah. Yeah. What? So I admire you to keep trying. Still tastes keep, like cabbage. Keep hope alive. <laughs> uh, I am drinking a Delirium Red. This is a Belgian ale, actually from Belgium. Nice. Uh, it is a, uh, the family brewery. I'm, I don't even know how to pronounce this word. H-U-Y-G-H-E. Huigi? I don't know. But anyways, it is imported. Um by BBL in Frederick, Maryland, but it is a Belgian ale with cherry and elderberry. It is a pint can and it is 8% because I got nothing else going on this evening after this. So nice. Cheers, Cheers to everyone. Exactly. Fantastic. Fantastic. On to today's topics. 
So it is uh, Fat Tuesday. How many beers, no, how many punch keys uh, must one consume for a proper observance of Fat Tuesday? Uh, as many as you can without throwing up. Uh, <laughs> all, all of them. Are those the pancakes? No, those are like the donutty things with uh with frosting, like the are they like the jelly filled donutty things with frosting on the top? Yeah, they're sometimes they're Cakes. sugary on the outside. They have they always have some sort of filling. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what those are. Mm. Wait, what planet do you live on? Um, I don't live in the nor- where Norwegian people settled, so I don't know what these things are. Polish, for one, but right. Close enough. <laughs> Close. Close enough. I don't know where. The, like, I don't. I just thought I that became like a national thing. No. Really? I think it's a northern Midwest thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I so mean, I'm sure Derek knows what they are because Pittsburgh has a lot of, you know. Sure. Yeah, but. it's it's a healthy. Think of a healthy sized jelly donut, but it could have. Uh, so I had like three over the weekend. I had one that had Bavarian cream. One that had like cinnamon apple and one that had apricot jelly. Like I know what king cake is. Right. Which is a Fat Tuesday Mardi Gras thing. Right. And listen, I'm sitting up here like I knew what they were. You know, when I found out what these were this past weekend when I was in Brooklyn staying with a friend in a Polish neighborhood. Thank you. <laughs> See? Bingo. And I, saw, and I saw the signs for them. And 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 I was like, what are those things? What are those? Uh, other than that, if this question had come last week, I'd have been right where you are going, like, I don't know what these like, are. I don't know what those are. I don't live in a Polish area, but our stores and bakeries, grocery stores, they are all packed with punch keys like two weeks out from Fat Tuesday, all no, the way through. We have hot cross buns everywhere already because it's. <laughs> You know, big Catholic area, and That's so interesting to me. Wow, we have a lot of Jewish, you know, type. It feels a little early to roll the hot cross buns, though. Are they? Are they? I know, it to does. Oh, Easter? it definitely does. And like, I just think that I think this is like no man's land time for stores. Like mm-hmm. when when Easter is late, and it's like, well, there's not a lot of like St. Patrick's Day. I mean, they like there's not a lot of sweets, right? There's corned beef and sauerkraut and all that but like there's not a lot of sweets for this in-between time yeah so yeah uh, by the way this might be my new absolute favorite red really Ever. seriously yes it's got uh, i mean it's almost it's it's very strong it's almost almost got like a little bourbony aftertaste but rich in flavor and delicious I yeah, what, I, I am stocking up on these delirium red. Huh. I wonder what the bourbony aftertaste if it's like an oak or a vanilla or like what you know what the finish is. Um, I'll have to try it. It sometime. might be the elder. Well, it's got cherry and elderberry, so I don't know if that's the elderberry that I'm. Hmm. I, mean, I don't that know. Taste that bourbony, but 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 in terms of flavors, yeah, it's got fruitiness okay. to it. All right. So that. any other um, foods that you might eat with a little more relish today given it's fat tuesday i mean a lot of people i know are like gorge themselves on pancakes it's all about the pancakes today yeah which i don't know where that comes from either i started i i started my i think uh, mindful eating today 
because uh over the weekend i i indulged yeah uh when i when i road trip i indulge and and some really really good hearty full foods uh so i'm like i gotta get back on the wagon because i stepped on the scale and okay. and the scale and the scale fat shamed me a little bit so i was like all right yeah yeah i had my up north guys weekend and there was a lot of food and beverage and yeah and punch keys and <laughs> so yeah so yes uh likewise need to uh straighten out a little bit here but but nevertheless it is fat too i've never i mean i just said like the beginning of lent as seriously as i take lent and disciplines and stuff like the day before has never been i guess because my disciplines have never really been like food related or you know whatever that i've never felt like i've i've never been part of a tradition that really took the day before it happened yeah right like, there weren't Mardi Gras like parties or whatever. Right. There wasn't like, okay, we, you know, we're going to be, I, I I don't know. I've just never, there wasn't a like gorging yourself on whatever you're giving up the day before. Sure. Um, no, I get that. It was like way more of that on, on New Year's Eve than on like the night before Lent, right? Like <laughs> oh, probably yeah. for a lot of us. Yeah. I do wish I was in New Orleans though, because like, this is the first time, you know, since COVID that whether whether they should be or not <laughs> stuff stuff's happening like all the parades yeah. are back the parties are back like well i think yeah. that happened last year a bit too and then they regretted it right i think this might be so you're right this year this this year is i think with the confidence with the with yeah. with a certain sense of confidence of like yeah, you yeah, know yeah. We, sure. we, we've passed a certain point because there were a lot of people who were still hesitant last year about engaging in things. I think I think there's no hesitancy down there at all right now, or hesitancy from people going there. Yeah. So right. so it might it, it it I think I think this this year might might possibly be I think one of the most enthusiastic, energetic celebrations down there. Like maybe except for the first one post Katrina or whatever. You know, sure. like like we're back. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. All right, so today's Fat Tuesday. That means tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. And many churches tend to focus on the positive, downplay anything that might be perceived as negative, uh, not seeker sensitive or friendly, and might turn folks away. And yet, of course, Ash Wednesday invites us to remember that we are dust, and to dust we shall return. And so should churches, in your view, shy away from this reminder, maybe just skip past it, or uh this reminder of our mortality or should we lean into it so what you're really asking is should we stop spiritually bypassing and, and like get down to the meat of things the answer is yes <laughs> yes we should <laughs> and yes, ignoring we should, that we're gonna die and telling we people should we, we should lean into it <laughs> i mean especially when you think about it i mean christianity was basically founded on the on death right right and resurrection but death yeah <laughs> so yeah. so yes absolutely absolutely lean into to the things that you know we tend to think is negative divisive you know whatever they are uh do the do the both end because if we just focus in on the positive yeah we, we just spiritually bypass and 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 then we are perpetuating the harm yeah for sure and we kind of have a culture of ignoring death in a way like you know, oh, absolutely. we, yeah. you know, we, we preserve bodies as, you know, when possible, as best as possible. And, or we just have a closed casket. Um, and, 
Um, we just shield ourselves as much as possible from from actually experiencing death, even though we have lots of entertainment that is explicit about death. But in our real lived experience, I don't know. I feel like I, yeah, I was in my 20s when I went to my first funeral and I was maybe fortunate that way, but we're just not around it or we hide it and then we move on maybe too quick. So I, this past weekend, I was with a friend of mine who's a chaplain and you know they were saying that actually Ash Wednesday in the hospital, as a chaplain is one of their biggest days of the year, like one of their biggest holidays. Yeah. And they were saying that they thought that was because nurses, doctors, everyone in a hospital, like this day that acknowledges death and sorrow and difficulty is like, they need that day. They cling to that day because this is their everyday reality. Right. And yet our like our cultural every everyday reality is to ignore all of that and so to have an actual day of the liturgical year of the year that recognizes and sets aside not just like a day of mourning but like that that there is sorrow and there is grief and there will be death like is really important for their staff and i just i i think that's true also of of our church people, I'll say this is a mainline pastor, right? Where the majority of people in the room have white hair and like, you know, of just the reality that death is coming and it's coming for all of us at any time. We don't know when, you know, kind of thing, but not a day of remembrance, not a day of mourning or remembrance, which we do in the, you know, all saints or whatever, um, where we sometimes gloss over the death part and we remember with warm, fuzzy feelings, the people, right? And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but this is a day to actually like acknowledge the death. And, And I think that those of us with some sort of faith, some sort of spirituality, like we don't shy away from that because like we understand that that's part of it. Um, and it's a necessary part of it. Let me put it that way. So I, I don't know, should, I don't know what churches should do. I absolutely lean into it. (laughs) Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. The same. I mean, I'll say the same for me uh, as a pastor, but I will say like growing up, I feel like we, it wasn't emphasized very much in the tradition I was raised in, which was, you know, kind of a, not quite mainline, more conservative um, tradition, reform tradition. It just wasn't. I don't remember getting the ashes was like we saw that as like a Lutheran or Catholic thing that felt it was too, called a Catholic thing when I grew up, you know, you know like, it oh, felt it a Catholic. little a little too churchy or I, I don't know what too papish or something, you know, like, but it's so beautiful because it's like it's part of the rhythm. It's part of I mean, it sets the stage for Lent in such a perfect way and it gives us permission to talk about something that maybe we might gloss over, even if we want to talk about it, just because it's not fun to talk about death, but we need yeah. to. I didn't, I didn't talk nearly about it until it affected me, you know, really personally, you know, mm-hmm. with Jennifer's passing in uh, five, seven years ago, right? Uh, then, then there was more an openness for me to talk about it, to actually have uh, groups um, and, and, and come together for people who, 
who were still grieving loved ones they'd lost you know five ten fifteen twenty years previously they were full grown adults middle age or older and 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 uh you know they lost their father their mother when they were a child and they're still at, at like Christmas and they're still still grappling with it and stuff like that um but 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 I became also very conscious of the death avoidance language that we use in in my spiritual circles we don't use the word die right it's the person has made their transition oh you know there's yeah. there there's no talk of death and growing up in a much more evangelical setting we talked about death all the time but more of a scare tactic right. around the conversation around the afterlife right <laughs> you know you're gonna die and you want to make sure that after you die you end up in the right place yes. and and here's how you do that so it wasn't around it it there was a lot of talk around the death happening but not around you know the the, the bigger conversation around death itself as part of the cycle of life of something itself to be to be honored revered to, to create a lot of ritual around if necessary have discussions around it was it was it was more it was more it was more death as the as the entryway into the afterlife um and where are you going to be spending your afterlife there's a lot to way too many i was gonna say that, that that was the discussion right it wasn't yeah. even death was mentioned but the discussion was where are you going to spend eternity right yeah. and that's not it, and it wasn't for the sake of, or at least I didn't feel that there was as much emphasis on like, therefore live, live in a certain way. There was like, follow the rules, live this way. Right. But there wasn't like some sort of kind of self-improvement, you know, um, uh, justice understanding of life, you know, um, yeah. of a way of living it was like follow these rules and then there and for the purpose of getting into heaven not live your live a life on earth that god would then be proud of you know yeah. or that's not you're, not you're not then that god is proud of right now right right, right. your afterlife life was the goal was the uh, goal yeah not, not your not your not your current life life <laughs> right this almost didn't matter Right. right. Yes. This totally. only mattered because of afterlife. Totally, totally, totally. I passed a huge billboard um, driving over the weekend that said, where are you going when you die? And then like this, the billboards divided into two colors, like red with like flames and then like blue where it's like clouds and harps or something. And it's just like, oh, and I've had people tell me, uh, evangelical folks, that the only reason Jesus came to earth was to die. Like, that his life and teachings really didn't mean anything. The point was him dying so that when we die, we go to heaven and all the emphasis on afterlife really undercuts really dealing honestly with death. I think it can undercut it. And I've always wanted to go back and be like, then what's the point of living? And I actually felt that then, right? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like suicide was a sin beyond, right? Suicide was going to send you right to hell. Yeah. But even at the time I was like, if all of life is suffering and I am only supposed to do good so that I can spend eternity with God, like, what's the point? Why don't I just do well and end it now? Well, <laughs> like, the, the, why the risk it? Yeah. <laughs> Cut to the, the point. <laughs> yeah. The point in that context is then to corral as many other people as you can into this with you. Right. <laughs> right. 
My uncle likes to joke. He's like, how's the soul saving business? And I was like, not my job. (laughs) Not my job. I am not the savior. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, uh, we've already hinted into this, but of course, you know, Ash Wednesday leads into kicks off the season of Lent and Lent is a season um, that's typically been understood as a season of fasting and or abstaining from certain practices, foods, or activities. Uh, So are there any Lenten practices that you anticipate incorporating into your Lenten observance this year or any in the past that you recall that were meaningful at the time? Does abstaining from Lent itself count? Mm, You're so subversive. I try. (laughs) It's been, I mean, it's been something I've observed in some manner or the other for I don't know how many upteen years. Sure. So isn't, isn't, isn't not observing it. You're taking a Sabbath from observing Lent. I'm, 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 I'm taking Lent. I'm taking a Lent from Lent. I don't know. When I was in middle school, everybody would go around saying they were giving up their virginity for Lent this year. Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> in middle school. Or whatever, you know. You know in, in my pub theology <laughs> hey, that's a reality. Groups, in, in my pub theology groups over the years, there'd always be some person who would say, I'm giving up Bud Light for Lent, you know. And of right, course, yeah, they never yeah. drank Bud Light. So, you know. Uh, so I I'm not um yeah, I'm trying to like I'm still on a level where I'm we're still like trying to survive, right? And grasp like I was just thinking so, facts. Yeah, like we don't I'm, need one more thing. I don't need one more thing, but I have added some things in like um a little bit of more intuitive eating, like I'm working on a workbook with that, like I'm going to the gym, blah blah blah, like things that I've started doing that I'm building into my life that like I'm not seeing them as a Lenten practice in which I will then end them after Lent, but I will definitely like um, the goal for me of a Lenten practice is to do something for an intentional period of time so that then you would incorporate, right? So if you're, if you're going to do prayer, you're going to, you know, whatever, you would then incorporate that into your life after. Um, yeah. We do, Derek and I do a um, Lenten devotional in the morning. We do this in Advent as well. Um, so we get a, a devotional and do it together in the morning. And I always, um, that is always just really good, wonderful, fruitful conversation between us. Um, it's really helpful in Lent when there's no football to talk about in the morning. So it gives us something to nice well it gives you something to discuss that like you both care about but that's also Mm -hmm. um you know not vital to your living right like what's your day like who who needs what car and where are we you know like the logistics listen Uh, this is this is why you guys this is why you guys got to start becoming basketball fans because we just like this is when it's talked about it i know but i'm just saying this is picking up we just we just got 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 through the uh what what do you call it the all-star game all-star break so things are kicking into high gear now. Like so y'all miss it. March. It's March. So now I'm going to like off to the side of this is this is a whole nother conversation. We have talked about getting into basketball, but my thing is if we're going to get into basketball, then I'm going to watch women's basketball. Yes. Because, yes. Do it. Right. Because we watch a male dominated sport 
And if we're going to pick another one, especially basketball that has a female, like, I, then that's where I want to put my weight behind. Anyway, we're discussing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please please yeah. do. Listen, WNBA is on fire. Like y'all, seriously. I, like we would love it, of course. But there you go. we're we're gonna see. We're gonna see. Also, are there are there any Lenten sports betting apps? You know, like ooh, <laughs> you know, Susie's gonna Susie's gonna eat that chocolate by the fourth day of Lent. What are the what's the over under on that? Yeah, seriously. Uh like how many days will they last? No. Yeah. Um, no, you know, and the other thing I've found is that um, not doing too much, right? It's not like a New Year's resolution, right? Where you need to, like, you want to keep it up. You want to like wrap it into your life. But as a pastor, one of the things that I have learned is that I'm already doing um, extra stuff at church. Yeah. So we have a special theme for the the six weeks, we've got a midweek, something that's new or, you know, like added in. And so a lot of it is like, okay, that, that can be enough. And you don't have to put pressure on yourself to do more. Yes. Can um, we fast from our congregants during? Well, I mean, that's the other thing that like, I really think that, especially right now, and this is a little late to have this conversation, but like churches should think about during this time, fasting from like meetings and you know Ooh, I like, like things that like extra keep, meetings this month is that <laughs> well like the things that like keep your congregants busy but right. are they necessary is it good busy right is it right. yeah like but and so if you took this season to fast from that and ask that question i think that is really helpful um same could be said though about families right so if your kids are in all these sports or all these classes or all these whatever, like, and again, it doesn't have to be right now. Maybe it doesn't work, but maybe there's a period of time that you take a month off or six weeks off and you say, okay, what, what did you miss? And what, like, what can we maybe let go of? There were, there were for me, surprisingly, and I was surprised by this because I had no idea. Surprisingly, uh, uh, quite a few like racial justice organizations that took black history month off like like yeah you know volunteers off we ain't posting we ain't doing nothing we're if if there was anything that they did was we're given all our the people who work on this the opportunity to go engage in celebrations that other people are organizing Mm -hmm. uh and you know and enjoy black joy for a month and take a rest from the labor during this time and i was like that is absolutely brilliant yep so, so, so like this that. real idea of doing this for churches too, to, to, to really dial back sometimes the excessiveness of bureaucracy is, mm-hmm. is brilliant. Like so it. what, yeah. Yeah. And I've asked myself this question. I, I spent a period of time this fall um, where I was working with a spiritual director that, um, you know, she asked me and then I did some work around answering it, but she asked like, what does doing the, what, what is doing the minimum look like? Like you need rest, but you're not going to get two months off. So what does doing the minimum look like? Yeah. And how can you then find time to rest? And it was such a helpful, like that could be a thing for Lent to say, okay, for this Lent, I'm going to do the minimum. I'm going to do what I have to do but I'm not going to do all those extra things that are being asked of me that are actually not necessary, Mm. you know? 
Yeah, I like it. Um, so I just I think there's a lot of ways to do Lent that. Um, so my favorite, and I think I've said this on the show before, my favorite Lenten practice was years ago. Um, so I'm the first female pastor at my church. We were, I've been there 10 years now, but I'm the first installed female pastor. And about a couple of years in, I wanted, um, I don't know what brought about needing to kind of make this point. Um, I don't quite remember, but anyway, I needed to make a point of the fact that like, um, my male counterparts on Sunday morning for a service, it didn't take much for them to get out the door. Right. Mm. But it took a lot more for the expectation for me to get out the door. And uh, so, okay. I, I got you. Yeah. Right. Of like grooming pastors. and dress. And yeah, I think it actually, I think what brought it on was a period of time where my outfits were being commented on regularly. Right. Think yeah. like something like that. Uh, and yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So what my, my Christian educator and I both did it. And what we did was we actually, so I was, I was being commented on of like, um, actually the comment was like, you have a new outfit every, like some sort of like comment that like, I, I don't even know. And then she was being commented that she was like too casual or something that she mm. wasn't. She's like, I am on the floor with kids all morning. Like, what do you really want me in a suit? You know? So we were trying to make this point that it's different for women in a church that had only had male pastors. And so we wore all black or dark gray. Like I took everything in my closet that were those colors, put them aside. Um, I had like two suits that I wore on Sundays and the rest of the time we stopped fixing our hair. Like, so whatever my hair dried naturally was the way it was. I stopped wearing makeup. The only jewelry I wore was my wedding ring. And that was it, right? Yeah. Because if I were male, that's what would have been expected of me, that I have a suit on in the morning, that my hair is combed, and then I wear my wedding ring, right? Everything else. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Correct me if yeah. I'm wrong. I mean, oh, you're right. You're, you're I right. The man I have a hair routine. more grooming products than I do. So, <laughs> you, you, yeah, say, you would, Brian. You would. I said I do have a hair routine, but that's about it. <laughs> well, my husband has to shave his head and yeah, 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 yeah. beard oil. No, no. Your blood. point is very well made. And not only not only that, but but as a mother as well, right? You getting the kids that, out the there's door. There's that yep. expectation that that's part of what you do too. Whereas right, as right. us male pastors, if we are parents, we're like, yep, we don't wife deal with the kids, right? But I but I, I I say that like it was. Um, so I thought that was my purpose for doing it, and what it ended up being was this beautiful spiritual practice of when I met new people during that time, like I was really uncomfortable because my clothes, my hair, my jewelry, um, all the things that I very carefully crafted to give this like representation of myself for you to know, like, look, I'm cool. Look, this is my style. This is who I am. This is like, I had to just present myself as I was. And um, I went away. I remember I went away during that period of time to a conference where I met all kinds of new people. And it was really uncomfortable at first until I realized that like, what was beautiful about it is like, people just liked me. Mm. You know, it wasn't the way I dressed. It wasn't what I wore. It was right. Like yeah, none of that stuff was there. And yeah. I was still liked. Mm. And that was a beautiful thing. I tried to do it a couple of years later. And I was like, I'm so sick of this black. Get me out of this, like <laughs> color, all the color in the world. 
Um, but a parishioner actually, sorry, one more, but a parishioner did it the next year. Um, and she was a person that felt that she actually only wore black all the time. She wore what was easy. Mm -hmm. And so she actually did it, but in the opposite way where she, um, she was going to wear like things that made her feel good about herself and things that whatever. Anyway, uh, the best spiritual practices are ones that start out being one thing and then end up being, you know, yeah, something completely different, but that was my favorite one. So that's, uh, um, but by the way, we are in March, it is women's history month. So I raise a glass for you for creating history by being the first female yeah. minister of your of your church god help us it was 2012 <laughs> but okay again. thank you <laughs> okay yes yes wait, and i wait, think wait. that i think that if you ask them they're like best decision we ever made <laughs> i'm sure i don't doubt that indeed absolutely well we all know that uh there's a war going on in ukraine invaded by russia actually really started right after we recorded our last episode mm -hmm. and i have a quote here from a ukrainian uh pastor who said the whole church this past sunday prayed on their knees for our president our country our peace no well, and for peace uh this is ukrainian pastor vadim Kulin kulinchenko Kulinchenko, thank you. And his church is 145 miles south of Kiev. And then he said, after the church service, we did a first aid training. And rather than give a sermon, time was given for folks to share testimonies from their experiences during the air raids. Psalms were offered. And well, I guess there still was a message. It says rather than a sermon and then his message. But the brief message shared was based on Proverbs 29, 25. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. So it, it just, I guess the invitation is for us to imagine what it's like to lead worship in the midst of war. Um, first thing, you said that the war started right after we recorded our last podcast. I'd like to highlight the difference between causation and correlation. It's not anything to do with us at Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not why sure you that said that. Said, but thank, but thank you. Well, I don't know why you said. Why you said? Well, I just meant because we didn't address it last week. And okay. Then, like as soon as I posted our episode, no one cared about what we talked about. Everyone cared about Ukraine, just, rightly so. Just checking. We recorded before the invasion began. That's just, all. Just checking. That's why. I don't know if you were trying to hint that we had some, some no, influence. No, 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 no. There, just checking. All right. I, mean, I think this was a really <laughs> compassionate. Um, like, I think this was a really wise and compassionate service. Mm -hmm. um, we, I mean, obviously we haven't experienced a war on our ground, right? Like, um, how do I try to say that? Like, I have passed through a war. I have not passed through a war where there's bombs going off 45 right. miles from me. Yeah, right? yeah. a war happening in your geographic. A war happening vicinity. in my, you know, area. Yeah. Um, I mean, 9-11 was as close as you got to that, mm. but I was not a pastor at the time. Um, right, but same, anyway, same. I, I think my instinct has been during times where the world feels that it's um, like going to a prayer service and getting more people involved is actually exactly the reason. I think that is a, that is a compassionate and pastoral response. Because yep. people need to talk, they need they need to tell their stories. Yeah. Uh, agreed, and and I I I 
have a red flag of caution in that last part of that verse, whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe, that some people might take that a little too literally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and put themselves in harm's way um, carelessly, thinking that nothing yeah. will happen to right. them. Now, that being said, you know, a hundred percent total admiration of seeing like like parents and school teachers and people like like signing up to get weapons and defend their their city like just normal <clears throat> everyday citizens which like i can't even fathom and i'm going like holy crap would i do that or am i gonna try and get the first flight out to barbados like i don't know like i am that i am yeah. that brave so so well sticking total... your kids on a train and saying i'm gonna stay and fight but yeah. i need you to you know can't even can't even imagine yeah right like 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 I, I literally had the thought of if war is breaking up, my first call is to join. like, can you get here or can I get there? Yeah. Like what, what's happened? So, so I, I can't imagine that. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's be, be safe and be smart. Strap on the bulletproof vest, go shelter in the subway. Like don't, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's fair to take that too literally and go like, well, I, I believe and I trust in God, therefore no harm will ever come to me. So I'm going to put myself in, in carelessly put myself in harm's way. I think there, I think there needs to be like some follow through and some follow up with that sort of like a both and right. Um, so, so that's, that was my only like little red flag going off when, when I, I read this question and, and saw that verse uh being being used um but yeah, and, but the, I, and, well go ahead go ahead well i was just say i would guess he would probably have echoed some of those thoughts i would i would hope that he would yeah. um and now the first part fear of a man will prove to be a snare for me that's a very empowering part of the verse right that's like saying to folks like um um be courageous at this time be brave be uh not not just not cower in, in the face of this of this invasion. I don't even like to use the word war. For me, the word war implies like two countries had this breakdown and, and they couldn't come to a diplomatic resolution and therefore they decided to fight each other. No, this was just a, like naked aggression invasion for God knows no reason. So so I I, I hesitate to use the word war. Yeah, so I mean, you're not always calling it what it is. in war, but I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and that's not on you. That's like that's like on everybody, mainstream media, everything, calling it war. I'm like, you know, one man, not even a country, one man. The, the videos, I've seen the the videos of like when he assembles the war cabinet and there are people in his war cabinet like trying to like, you know, talk him down a little bit and he's not having it. Putin's not having it. And these poor people, you can tell they're like, if I push too hard, like I'm, I'm going to find like some cyanide in my, in my, my dessert this evening. So I'm just gonna tiptoe around this, right? I so know. Go to gulag. Exactly, exactly. So it's been, oh, it's just been hard to watch and, and 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 insane to watch. And and it's like one of those things where it's like you want to be a pacifist, but at the same time you realize that in some cases you, you got to fight for that peace. Um, and and all the the countries that are uh, that are saying in, in principle, we object and we put in all these sanctions and we might even send money for, for arms and weapons and so on. But 
but no one's literally putting boots on the ground to come to their aid. And I know it's not that simple because, you know, there are a lot of geopolitical um, factors here that I can't begin to understand. There are. And as soon as like the U.S. like launches any of our weapons against Russia, this whole thing. Yeah, it's it's over. So so I think actually I because I'm interested, I was interested in this. I mean, sometimes proverbs are a one off and sometimes in proverbs, it's a section. And and I just I want to read. So this is 22 through 27. The verse quoted is 25. An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot tempered person commits many sins. Pride brings a person low, but the lowly in spirit gain honor. The accomplices of thieves are their own enemies. They are put under oath and dare not testify. Fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Many seek an audience with a ruler, but it is from the Lord that one gets justice. The righteous detest the dishonest, the wicked detest the upright. And I, so I only because I think that safety in this instance is not a physical safety. I think that it is a, um, an, it's a, it's a question of um, integrity and honor. Yes. Right. Yeah. Um, that Proverbs is like this, this actual quote is like, if we put our trust in um, even this man, that's, you know, whatever, like if we, if we are trying to decide this on a human level, you know, we're, we're in jeopardy of losing hope of, you know, our souls of whatever. But if we put our trust in God and again, like, Ogan, you know, this isn't like, be physically safe, be, you know, whatever. I think this is about a safety of, of ourselves, like our, our souls, right? A yeah. If you get involved with, with duplicitous scheming and moral compromise, well, that may not lead to the kind of result. And again, as long, as long as, as long as all that's being mentioned, because, you know, you know, again, to your point, you did a you you reminded us what is this verse in context, right? Right. You know, we, we love to pull out the individual verses and we love to apply them literally. And uh, sometimes that, you know, but that, I can that's see, especially the buildup right to 25, like 22 to 25. I can see the buildup that correlation. Sometimes I mean, sometimes scripture just hands us these correlations. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't they don't have the names in there, but we can like you can get there pretty quickly. An angry person stirs up conflict and a hot tempered person commits many sins. Pride brings a person low. Like it's not not hard. (laughs) If you're preaching in the Ukraine and you say that out loud, your mind is going to go one place. Exactly. Exactly. Who that person might be like (laughs) no names called, no fingers pointed. (laughs) I used to have to do this in, you know, Trump's a hundred first hundred days, you know, and like, every other day was an executive order and like i was preaching lectionary and lectionary would come up and it would be and i was like it would be what you there was a direct correlation to whatever executive order was signed it was uncanny it was it was absolutely uncanny and you were like i didn't pick this scripture (laughs) yes this picture this scripture (laughs) has been picked from 20 or like 50 years ago, somebody sat in a room and put this scripture on this date. I like, remember that and feeling that way. And you just now, every now, week you had to be like, 
I'm not, I didn't choose it. So, I didn't so, choose it. so as, as a, as a person, as a person who doesn't use the lectionary, did that make things better or worse in terms of people going like, Ooh, it's like some kind of like cosmic, you know, divine well, foresight. <laughs> I mean, I think mostly it was that, that Shannon and I couldn't be accused of like being overly political or you're being, no, no, I, I got that. I mean, in terms of the Trump, it's like, I'm just I mean, reading the text. I mean, in terms of the congregants, I un- I understand it give it gave you some cover. Yes, but right. were congregants going like, "Oh, this is this is like some divine foresight no, there"? Not in my group. So I had one. Um, so the majority of my people are like, we're comforted by the fact that there was actual scripture to. We're comforted and equally frustrated, right? Like mm-hmm. they were they were in the boat with me, and there was one family that I knew um, where their political leaning was and it was not the same as mine (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs) when he would walk out the door and said that was a really great sermon I was like I so what did you hear in that sermon like what 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 did you think I said because he's like you called out Hillary's lies well done I mean, I just, I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't know. But anyway, I just, I, I actually think that was a really um, beautiful verse. If he read, you know, that last portion of Proverbs 29 for him to pick out. I think that is a very comforting word. I also think that these are times where like, there's not an overly comforting word, right? There's not um, the Psalms, like lamenting is just about as good as you can do um yep yeah so so what can we do uh here uh many of our listeners as well um are in the states but some are in in europe and canada and elsewhere what can us in what can us non-ukrainians do to support ukraine Mm, well so it feels it feels difficult well so so from a practical standpoint there's refugees from this war Right. What are what are the what are the organizations supporting those refugees? Can we donate to those organizations supporting those refugees? Uh, some of those refugees are probably going to end up here because they have family here. Are we going to welcome them and support the organizations here in the U.S. that are supporting those refugees that are coming in, or, or are we going to start like you know fanning the flames of anti-immigrant sentiment? Like, where's where's that going to go? Also, I saw somebody. Uh, online remind us that people here who are Russian aren't necessarily supporting this whole thing. So don't also go off on some anti-Russian sentiment here to the people in your local neighborhoods. So I have a neighbor that um, came here when he was six from Russia. Yeah. And, and like, there's a reason why he's here. Yes. (laughs) And there's a reason why his family brought him them here. And it's, for the very same reasons that we're watching what's happening in Ukraine. So if, exactly. you're, if you're Russian in America, especially a family that's been here a long time, you're probably here for the reason that of what's going on. Exactly. So, so, so let's not fall into the trap of, of painting in broad strokes, like, Oh, you're Russian. Then, then yeah. we don't, we don't like you. So they, so there's, there's that too. And then there's just, I think as, I don't know if you're asking we Americans or we clergy, but again, as we clergy, just that constant reminder of what's what really matters 
the universal perennial wisdoms of loving each other, of 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 supporting each other, being kind to each other, uh, welcoming the stranger. Uh, you know those those basic you know tenets that that Jesus both taught and demonstrated to always do those um, and do them even more in situations like these. And I think those have a ripple effect as well. Uh, so, so I think that's, that's a start if nothing else. So just so um, I'm a big fan of world central kitchen, which is Jose Andres. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's feeding, feeding refugees at the border. Yeah. He's literally yeah. there feeding. And he was, he was one of the first people in Kentucky. He's one of the first people I'm just, big fan. Um, but there's a lot that are there, like, didn't hesitate, were able to go be there. Um, but I, I mean, my first response to this, Brian, because I'm, I'm, we're so quick to jump to action, um, which is not a bad thing. And especially like, sometimes money is just needed, you know, like Mm -hmm. we all have a sense of mission that we need, it needs to be relational and we can't just write a check, but like sometimes money is very helpful. Um, and, and not at the cost of all the other things happening in the world. Right. There was just this huge tsunami in Malawi that, you know, devastated their crops for the year. And so like, keep supporting the people you're supporting as well. Um, I, I think that I have had to learn a very difficult lesson over these years when stuff like this happens, which is sometimes all we can do is pray. Mm. And so sometimes we, it's, it's like, whether we set aside a separate time in the service, whether we have a special service, whether it's just included in our regular prayers, like whether it's just talked about or, you know, whatever, but like, sometimes that's all we can do. And, and until something else arises more tangible, like we need to be okay that that's enough, you know? Um, I don't know. I've, I've really had to make some peace with that. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. There was a week, um, several years ago where like four things happened in one week. Like there was a devastating tornado, there was a tsunami, and then there was like a shooting and like, I mean, it was just, and, and we just stopped in the service and just like, just prayed for all of that because it was too much to, to work with individually, you know? Um, And we just, sometimes we just need to do that, you know? For sure. Yeah. I think that's well said. Yeah, it's a lot, and it and it's tempting to it's tempting to feel paralyzed by the despair of it all, um, and 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 to Shannon's point, the the praying helps, um, and uh, you know exercises around mindfulness, right? Where uh, how how am I feeling about this? Where what 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 triggers are this pushing within me? Uh, you know, as uh, you know, you may be a person who, because of a background of of trauma, um, safety is a is a is a huge trigger, and and this is triggering that. So so a lot of this is around self care and self awareness, 
and 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 what's coming up uh you know the in 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 spite of everything else that's happening that continues to happen in the world and in our country for example cnn you know news coverage has been on this the whole time yeah. and you know there, there there's this uh the a lot of a lot of the like nightly news comedy shows point out that like you know cnn and if you guys saw this bit cnn was covering uh, a, a time when air raid sirens are going off and people are hunkering into shelter and and they just cut to like an applebee's commercial right away yes i you, saw you, that you this? and so there was there was this like just like you know here here's a total disconnect of the fact that this is happening but like the grinding gears of capitalism roll on and yeah. and we're not being mindful of 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 these things that wear us down and 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 cause us increased toil and labor are are still happening in the midst of this and it's tempting just to be so overwhelmed by it so so there's there's that question of you know where's my attention at this point um how much attention do i give to this how how much do i uh, I'm aware of what's coming up emotionally in me because of all of this on top of all I've been carrying for the last two years because of a pandemic. So, so there's, there's, there's a lot going on within each and every one of us right now that we have to um, not just because just saying like, I'm going to stop watching the news isn't going to do it. Right. Because we're no. aware that this is going on. And, yeah. and, and as long as we live, we live, as long as we're alive here, we're, we're going to get updates on this somehow. There, there's no way to avoid it. So, so well, and it's, I, I also want to name that there are people in our lives that are um, more affected by this than we are. So oh, yeah, absolutely. like you said, if we know friends that have family in the Ukraine or Russia or are Ukrainian or Russian, if we have friends or family in the military who are having a heightened sense of, um, you know, like I have family that have done multiple war tours in wars in their lifetime who are, you know, going, are we going to be deployed again in the next yeah. couple of years? So like there are people that um, in our lives and every one of us have somebody that maybe have just check in on them. Like, how are you doing? I'm here. You know, we don't, we don't have to um, be consumed by it. Yeah. While we are informed, right. We can be yeah. informed without being consumed, but there are people in which live consumed be, out of like, out of the yeah. reality of their life. And, so, and and there's also that piece of let's also remember that if we don't continue to be mindfully engaged here, given given the, you know, the threats to our own uh, democratic uh, yes. processes in place exactly. here, it's it's not far fetched to think that we may not end up where the, where they are in their situation, you know, in in, in a few years that let this let this be so, sort of like a, a cautionary tale for us uh, right. as as well to, to stay engaged. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. It's not like within our lifetimes, we haven't unprovoked attacked another country. 
there's 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 oh my god there was a tweet from there was a there was a, a post from uh from w george w bush about oh, no. objecting to the invasion of a, oh, of a no. sovereign nation oh, no. too soon george <laughs> i was like dude no you no not you 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 no that may be your long... thoughts but you, you're not the one who gets to say this uh, right like now. our memories are long but also that wasn't long ago man not long yeah. ago <laughs> Exactly, exactly, uh, exactly. I was like, dude, read the room, man. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, on that note, thank you, friends, for tuning into Pomptology Live. You can show your love for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. <laughs> get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash BT Live to get started. And a big thank you to our current patrons. Bye, I love you. Listen anytime on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Um, top cities this week are Boston, Massachusetts, Columbus, Ohio, and Amarillo, Texas. Watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook around 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Find or create a pub theology in your town. Learn more at pubtheology.com. And until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Speaking of parenting while you're working. Hey, well done. That was well done. There you, there you go. By the way, we got a lot of emails asking what happened to episode 221. Did we really? No, no we didn't. Did we really? No, we didn't get any. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Also, this also. This be 221. We said three, but we could like. <laughs> right. We could hopscotch. This, there you go. This is a, so this is the first time I'm drinking a beer that's 8%. Like, usually... You know, you got your four to sixers, and then you're like nine to teners. I've never done an eight percent. Yeah, that feels like a weird one. Wait, but but I think I like now, right? Because oh, because like, it's a nice in between. Yes, like a nine a nine ten. You're 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 gonna feel this hardened for a while. A four or six is like meh, but this is this is right there in that that like middle zone, which I'm like at first I was like, mm, but now I'm like okay, I can get on board. <laughs>